Matthew 7, verses 1 to 6. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and then turn and tear you to pieces. Evening. Our world is getting a lot smaller. People are more connected than ever. In the modern day, through the use of online services, it's so easy to maintain connections. Not only between friends and family, but between common people, like us, uh, and celebrities or figures of importance. It's become incredibly easy to message and get in contact with people of high profile, And one of the easiest ways of doing so is through the social networking site, Twitter. Uh, For those who aren't familiar with the website, it's an online social networking and micro-blogging service that enables its users to send and read uh, uh, text-based messages of up to 140 characters, known as tweets. Twitter was created in March 2006, and by July the same year, the social networking site was launched. The service rapidly gained worldwide popularity, with over 500 million users generating over 340 million tweets every day and handling 1.6 billion search queries daily. Since its launch, Twitter has become one of the 10 most visited websites on the internet and has been described as the SMS, the texting of the internet, and a search engine of opinion. Through this phenomenon, it's become so easy to contact celebrities. But with that ease of access, it is now easier to fire abuse and criticism in their direction. A few days ago, Twitter users met ESPN analyst Chris Brossard, an open Christian, with a wave of criticism for his comments concerning NBA center Jason Collins' sexuality. Jason Collins is an American professional basketball player with the Washington Wizards, of the NBA. In the cover story of the May 6, 2013 issue or Sports Illustrated, an article he wrote himself, he came out as gay. The first active male athlete from one of the four major American sports leagues to do so. He wrote that he wished to maintain his privacy in regard to specific details of his personal life and that he was not currently in a relationship. Collins called the article a statement to myself my family, and my friends. In a live TV interview on ESPN's Outside the Lines, Brossard stated that he believes being gay was an open rebellion to God. Many responded on Twitter, thousands using their 140 characters to support Collins in coming out in this way. But many turned to Brossard with words from the Bible. The verse they quoted comes straight from Jesus' mouth. And at only nine characters is endlessly tweetable. Judge not. 
When confronted by preachers, protesters or personalities who offend us, it's so easy to cling to Jesus' simple command from Matthew 7 verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. These words give uh, a sense of vindication to those who have been offended, a chance to expose today's Pharisees by telling them they have no biblical precedent for what they are saying. The verse is so popular on Google that judge not gets four times as many searches as for God so loved the world. But if judge not means that Christians are to abstain from moral evaluations, all assessments of good and bad, then Jesus contradicts himself in his analogy, his famous command. After telling the hypocrite to remove the log from his eye, he tells him to take the speck from his neighbour's eye, a flaw that without someone's help his neighbour would not notice. In fact, Jesus' disciples were frequently urged to make more judgments, to evaluate false prophets by their fruits, to identify the false teachings of the Pharisees and to point out faults in other believers. If these aren't judgments, then what are they? And so what did Jesus mean by judge not? Well, as a general rule of biblical interpretation, verses should not be read in isolation, but in their wider context. Reading Matthew 7 verse 1, C.H. Tolbert, professor of religion in Texas, says that it's best understood as part of the overall teaching of Matthew 7 verses 1 to 12. This section of the Sermon on the Mount includes judge not and the speck and log analogy, the casting pearls before swine, ask, seek, knock, and the golden rule. Several formatting parallels suggest that verses 1 to 5 and 6 to 12 are actually two sections of one larger unit, all under the theme of judgment, climaxing with the golden rule. The first section, 1 to 5, warns against judging with too much severity. It opens with a prohibition, judge not. Followed by a statement of what God will do, judge each person by his or her own judgment of others. And concludes with a practical application, take the log out of your eye. It's an exhortation to withhold judgment without first examining oneself to take the log out of your eye before helping your neighbour with the speck in his. Dr. Talbot calls this judgment contra-severity, a judgment that is prefaced and tempered with careful self-analysis. The second section, verses 6 to 12, is a counter to the first and should be read as one paragraph, as opposed to two or three, as you may find in some translations, with a warning not to give what's precious to pigs and dogs, a prohibition. Jesus instructs his followers not to be overly permissive, but to exercise discernment between what is holy and what is profane. Pearls before swine, then, is not a disconnected teaching, but a qualifier for Jesus' earlier judge not command. Jesus' followers are called to judge contra severity, but also contra laxity, with restraint, but not too much restraint. Of course, these words of Jesus are allegorical. I doubt any were literally casting pearls before swine. The meaning is fairly simple uh, to figure out. Do not persist in offering what is sacred or of value to those who will not appreciate it. Because your gift not only become contaminated and despised, your generous <coughs> efforts could be rebuffed and perhaps even openly abused. 
The dogs and swine here stand for the unappreciative and worldly. Unappreciative and uncaring men and women who belittle the value of what is offered to them. That which is holy. That which is holy would be the meat offered in sacrifice to God. A dog could care less whether it came from the altar or from the rubbish. The swine have no appreciation for the beauty nor the value of the pearls that trod under their feet into the mud. Your life, your time, your energy, opportunities and abilities are God's pearls. They're his. You and I are merely stewards overseeing his possessions. We must show discernment as to what we use, as how to use God's possessions. It is possible to use them either for, sorry, it is possible to waste them either by using them when we should not, as well as when we should. The Ask, Seek, Knock teaching then is not another miscellaneous saying, but an extension of Jesus' warning to discern between right and wrong. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door be open for you. It's a statement about what God will do. Provide wisdom. Jesus is probably not using this analogy to tell his followers that they can get whatever they want if they pray. To do so would be, would, to, be to imply that God always answers prayers in the positive. Whereas we know he may answer prayers in the negative as Paul found out when he was praying for God to take the thorn from his side. In this case... This is more like a Jewish prayer for wisdom. Discernment to learn between right and wrong. And it's a gift that God is so happy to give, if you ask. And what ties the whole section of judgment together is a practical application. The golden rule. In everything, Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. This verse mirrors Jesus' warning about judgment in verse 2. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. The manner in which you give judgment should be the manner in which you wish to receive judgment. Gentle, yet firm. Graceful, yet truthful. Although Chris Brossard didn't volunteer his opinions about Jason Collins, he was asked, he may have known that airing it publicly may not have been the best way. Though he didn't resort to anger or bitterness in his comments, he did give them in such a setting that if the situations were reversed, he may have not have appreciated it. Yet for those who wish to respond to Brossard's judgment on an, or another they find offensive, judge not may not be the best verse to use. An alternative may be Proverbs 15 verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Or perhaps James 1 verse 19. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. These verses get to the heart of the matter. Not condemning one's judgment in itself, but the manner in which that judgment is expressed. Not only is this an issue for Christians judging our brothers and sisters, but also judging the behaviours of those who are not believers. The fact of the matter is that we are all sinners. And we can never achieve righteousness before God if it was not for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The only difference between believers and non-believers is the salvation of Jesus. Non-believers are not to be judged by believers because they, like all of us, 
will receive final judgment by Christ. And this is a task that Jesus never delegated. He never delegated this to his apostles, his disciples, or his followers. He certainly hasn't delegated it to us. So for a Christian to make judgment, especially final judgment, on anyone will be far outside the mission that Jesus gave us and the authority given to us through his name. And above all, I would say that it's actually a disgrace to Christ. As believers, our job is not to judge non-believers and tell them they're going to hell. It's our job to tell them the good news. If you think someone's judgment is incorrect, regardless of the presentation of it, regardless of their faith, then by all means, disagree. Just do accurate biblical citation and love, not unrelated blanket statements. Don't resort to saying you're wrong for judging, but rather your judgment is incorrect and here's why. Know that in order to disagree with someone else's judgment, you need to make a judgment yourself and that's okay. That's absolutely fine. Just make sure to do all the things you'd want someone to do before confronting you. So check your eye for logs, clear your mind of assumptions and get ready to listen. Do not judge by appearances, Jesus said in John 7, but judge with right judgment. Let's pray. Father God, so sorry for the times we have been judgmental to others. For the bitterness, the anger, the harsh words. The times we've been too severe. The times we've not looked at ourselves and our own lives before looking at others. Father God, we are asking, we're seeking, we're knocking. Lord, give us wisdom and discernment. Lord, when situations come up, let us turn to your word and turn to you before making a judgment. Before opening our mouths, let us speak. And Lord, help us to do all these things in love. Help us to do all these things the way we'd wish them to be done to us. And Lord, when people make a judgment of us, just pray that we can be encouraged by it and not knocked down. Now we can turn to you to see if it's right or not. Just pray all these things in your name. Amen.